You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Wednesday, so it's time for Wayne on Wednesday with Wayne McCurry from FMB Wealth and Investment, where he is a portfolio manager. Wayne, good afternoon. Strange market. We're back. I think I think the markets are back now. In other words, market participants are back because Labor Day is over. The U.S. holidays and the Northern European holidays are essentially over. Kids are back to school, and yet. It's a tentative sort of um, personality the market has. And I had that conversation with Shapiro yesterday, talking about a market personality. How would you describe the market's personality at the moment? Well, it's glum. Mm. You know, it, it had that little... Okay, let's look at this over a bit of a longer term. It started worrying about inflation March, April, May last year. And it fell as it should have fallen up until literally about a month and a half ago. You know, you had a normal bear market in relation to higher interest rates and higher inflation. Then in June, July, it sort of got very happy and recovered not all of those losses, but probably half of those losses. But now reality is setting in again and it's going down. And I still think there's further to go as we've discussed quite a few times over the last week or so. Not much further. I mean, I don't think this is going to be an all-fall-down, complete collapse of the share market, but I think there is still some more to come, simply because the global the globe is going into a recession. The economies are going into a recession, yes. driven mainly by higher interest rates and higher inflation. And then in Europe and the UK in particular, the, the whole gas story, which is, even though those prices are falling sharply, they're falling off an incredibly high base. So, and, you know, higher interest rates, higher inflation, and a slowing economy stroke, eco- economy going into recession is not good for equity. But, you know, as we've also spoken about a thousand times, it's very unlikely that we'll see a complete collapse of the global economy because there's no debt bubble sitting in the system as there normally is during a period of rising inflation and rising interest rates. Yeah, we've spoken about this before, Wayne, uh, about the the recession yes. coming, etc. But you've almost answered the question I was going to ask you. In other words, does the does the stock market fall precede? A, def- a recession, or does it say it suddenly? Is. Yeah, because it because it understands, but it's it's not a situation where everyone will say, "Goodness me!" Suddenly, we've had two three quarters of negative negative growth in Europe or the United States, so therefore we're yeah. in a recession, and then falls. It does it beforehand, so the stock market predicts it. Correct? Yeah, and it'll predict the turn up as well. The stock market will start rising long before the economy actually turns. Yeah. I wonder if um, it will anticipate that the that, that we are approaching the worst. It will anticipate inflation falling and interest rates falling if they're not falling already. And it will rally while the actual economic news is still bad. So the market's roughly anywhere between a year and three years ahead of the actual underlying economic reality. And it's getting that timing right. That's the true difficult thing about investments 
Right. What's difficult about analysing discovery and ShopRite? Those are the two numbers that stood out for me. Yes, ShopRite was yesterday, and discovery uh, was today. Let's start with ShopRite okay. yesterday, because when the when the news came out of their results, yeah, I think it was a, it was a dividend story. I think, but anyway, you can give me your views. But anyway, it was down seven eight percent, almost from yeah. the on the opening. Why and uh, yes. was it justified? Okay, let's have a good look. Before I give you my comment on that question, mm. let's have a good look at their results very quickly. Turnover was perfect. That was good. No problems with that. Then you go one step down to gross margin. The gross margin gain was less than the turnover gain, which means they took margin pressure. But everyone's taking margin pressure. So, And it still wasn't bad. I mean, it wasn't a, 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 a particular problem. But definitely their margins came under strain. They mean to go right down to... Just before income. you go on, just to put that into context, yeah. probably what happened was that their wholesale prices that they had to pay their suppliers were higher, but yeah, they, they, couldn't, couldn't they couldn't pass it on because that would be disrespectful Correct. or because the com competition wasn't well, doing so couldn't. as well. Yeah. yeah, they just couldn't because the market wouldn't take it. Guys will, consumers would vote with their feet. Okay. So then going down to net income, their expenses rose more than their gross margin and their turnover. Their expenses were just over 10%. Their turnover was 9,6 or something, and their gross profit was 7.4. So they suffered absolute margin pressure and their costs went up. So the end result was they got a 10% increase in earnings. And it's not their fault, obviously, and it's not a bad set of results, but two things happened. And this is to answer your question now. Right. The market was anticipating better because it's a 20 price earnings ratio, which is quite a premium to other retailers and to the market as a whole. And so the market was wrong in that it was anticipating better results than what actually were achieved. But now the second point is maybe even more important. When you go in and analyze the numbers, there were a lot of one-offs. You know, there was a contingency. Well, first of all, there were the floods and the riots. And there was a contingency put in for an insurance recovery, which they probably will get. So in other words, if you take out and you analyze it and take out all the one-offs that were very particular to this year, Earnings are probably up 15, 20%, which is good. So I think the market's got this wrong. I would buy ShopRite at this price. And they have been doing it today. As we pre-record this podcast, ShopRite yes, is almost 3.5% better. Yeah, exactly. Not yes. quite the and 6, 7% of in yesterday. A big, in a big down day. It's a big, a down, big day. down day. This one's up. And I don't understand that. I mean, it's not our job to talk about just this specific hour-to-hour uh, -hour action. But I'm just looking, I've been looking at the S&P all day, which I do habitually. And the thing was, um, the thing was down to flat half an hour before I called you. It's now the S&P is now up 0.6%. Uh, and yet the, yeah. the, the, the all share index of the JSE, okay, it's off its lows, but it's still down, what, one and a half percent or something. These are big moves. Yes, they are quite big moves. And, and it's down, and it's down across the board, but it's mainly mining shares. And that's on the back of global economic slowdown. So it's Cecil. I mean, the oil price is below 90. Yeah, Remember when it was at 120, there were a couple of people 
forecasting 160. Yeah. You know, next stop, as we've also spoken about numerous times, the next stop <laughs> is below 80, if not 70. Yeah. You know, and that's coming. And thank goodness for that. And thank goodness for that. I'd love a I'd love a job as an oil analyst because it doesn't matter whether you get it wrong or right as long as you put something out that justifies your wrong or rightness uh, you're, you're going to do well. Yeah. As you quite right, but they'll never they'll never be wrong. They'll never be wrong. Mm. They'll just say, "Oh, but these," because you know when you give an opinion about the future, you say if current trends continue or if this gas price <laughs> thing continues or if 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 if, then it'll do this. Then you just find one of those ifs that didn't actually occur, and you say, "No, I wasn't wrong." One of my caveats didn't happen, and so therefore the price didn't go to 160. You know, so yeah, you're never wrong when you predict the future. Is that what but you, you do? Are wrong. Is that what you do when you do give your presentations and uh, put out your no, predictions I've, I've, on I've, paper? I've, 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 I've learned now. I just say I was wrong. It's easier. Mm. In fact, say, I'm wrong. I'm sorry. I'm trying to predict the future. Yeah, exactly. In fact, I've, as I've we speak, Wayne, uh, yeah. uh, Brent crude oil is now $89.75 yes. per barrel, around about 3.3% weaker. And uh, Brent uh, West Texas crude is, goodness me, it's 83 is a lot lower. down 3.4. Yeah. As you said, these things are in the to, 120s. And it's going to continue going down. It's going to continue going down. Because of but lack of demand stage, this time. I mean, if you take... And as, and as we, I mean, I hate saying this all the time, but as we've also spoken about on numerous occasions, there's no shortage of oil. Eh? No. There might be a shortage because of the war and they used to buy from Russia and you've got to buy somewhere else now, but there's no shortage of oil in the world. And if there's no shortage of oil in a demand environment where demand's falling, have a wild guess what happens to the price. Exactly. That falls. Yeah. But then we, we must be, we must be, conscious of the fact that this is not going to be a deep and long-lasting recession because we've spoken about, again, inflation it has already peaked. It's going to fall dramatically. The recession will be relatively shallow, I think, and short-lived. So we must start putting our buying shoes on in the next week or two or five. Mm-hmm. You know, oh. if you take Sassel, Sassel peaked at 420. Yeah. It's now 310. This thing gets to 250. You must buy it. And the same for any other commodity company. I just picked Sassel because we're talking about the oil price. Mm-hmm. You know? So anyway, yeah, so that's so when now we've got diverted from ShopRite. So uh, ShopRite didn't do anything wrong. There were a lot of one-offs. Well, maybe they did do a couple of things wrong. Maybe ShopRite as a company did two things wrong. First of all, they should maybe have just guided the market more before the results came out. doesn't mean the share price wouldn't have fallen, but it wouldn't have fallen when the results came out. And secondly, maybe they didn't explain the one-offs, the specials, a little bit better and give some sort of normalized, I hate this normalized profit because everyone looks at normalized profit, but there's no accounting statements that define what normalized profit is. But putting that aside, so maybe they did those two things wrong. But the company, all the analysts are now scratching away in the ShopRite results and realizing, hey, actually, it's not that bad. There's a lot of one-offs here. Profits are up. What some guys think profits might even be, underlying profits might even be up 30%. I think it's between 15 and 20, but that's still a lot better than 10. And that's why the share price is going up today, because people are buying. So what you see when right, you're – 
as an equity investor and analyst, you say to yourself, okay, I'm looking at these results and the headline says this, 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 and this, and the share price falls six, 7%. And then you say, well, this happened during the period under, under review, uh, but it's not going to happen again. As you quite right, it's a once off. So it's more a, than likely, yes. Yeah. Okay. It's a buy. I understand. Okay. It's a buy. What about discovery? Is that a buy? Men. I'm not sure about that. Let me give you all of my qualifications. Okay, that's I read long. every line. I read every line. And Adrian might be cross with me for saying this, but <laughs> I read every line of the announcement here. I yes. went through every single thing. Wow. But and I went through their company presentation on their web on their website. Okay. You know, the one that they gave on the results. I also went through every slide of that. And I sat with a bit of a a bit of a problem on that. Let me just find just I've just called it up on my computer here. I'm just trying to find the exact numbers. Yes. Um, what disturbs you right, most of right all? Right you, you... Yeah, it's right in the beginning here. Mm-hmm. They say normalized profit from operations up forty five percent, profit for the year up seventy percent. Um, normalized earnings up 71%, headline earnings up 74%. Okay, then you've got all of those numbers. But then further down on uh, – where am I? I must just find it, yeah. Because these numbers sound quite glamorous, Wayne. I mean, they sound really good. If I, I'm a headline reader. You're, a, you're an analyst. You're an analyzer of results. Yeah, but, the, but, but the, why is it down 10% then? Precisely. That's what I'm asking you. Okay, they haven't declared an ordinary dividend. I'm not sure. I'm not sure whether that's. Um, there's no dividend coming out, but they were never a big dividend payer, and of course they're investing money in the bank. I'm just trying to find. I saw something. Uh, yeah, normalized profit from operations during the current period. Um, is that word again? Normalized. Mm. Yeah, that word again. SA Composite up 41, excluding new initiatives. Um, UK Composite up two, uh, two, two billion up 25%. So the SA was, yeah, I, got, I remember now, the SA was 8.6 billion plus 2 billion. So that's 10.6 billion profit. But then when you take into account the minus 1 billion for Discovery Bank, Minus 1.1 billion. And then they got at the bottom here, normalized profit from operations, a negative 2.1 billion, up 2%. So ah. in this one table, they've got your normalized profit from operations up 2%, but all the earnings are up 70% plus, you know, 40, 70%, whatever. And, and I couldn't work out, you know, where's the difference here? So headline earnings up 74, but normalized profits up 2. And it's a loss. So it's just a lower loss than what they had in the previous period. So I, I, I couldn't fathom this out. And maybe I, as I said, I read every single line and I went through their webs, their, their, their um, PowerPoint presentation of the whole thing. But, uh, I mean, clearly the market didn't like it. So then now to come back to your um, initial question, is it a buy at this level? Look, I truly believe 
in the integrity of the South African financial services industry. And I believe in the integrity and all of the controls that the actuarial society have over their members. And if they say the embedded value is 131 rand a share, and this thing's trading at 110 now. Yes. You know, that's a, an, an embedded value is, in theory, current present value of future profits from the book they've got in place today. It doesn't take into account any further profits that they're going to write. And that's a big discount. So, you know, maybe if there is more share price meekness, maybe it gets down to 105, maybe even 100, then it possibly is a buy. Then when you look at the another thing that may have upset the market a little bit is when you look at the company announcements, uh, at least the company presentation that they did, they've cut back capital expenditure hugely in the bank, hugely. And, you know, uh, uh, is this not as successful as what they thought it that was going That to always worried me, that whole the, bank the, business. The capex. Didn't, it, didn't it bother you? I mean, I don't know if you were a shareholder at the time, yes, but when they did. came out and same said, as, same we're going to start same, a bank. Same as Time Bank. Mm. Same as Time Bank. Same as, what's the other one? Bank okay. Zero. Yeah. This is a highly competitive environment with serious players with lots of money and lots of expertise and lots of clever people and lots of IT and lots of customers. It's a difficult environment to open up a new bank. You are taking on serious players. Yeah, you're not you know, you're not going somewhere where no one else does it properly. You're going into in an environment where there are some well established good players. They were, sleeping. Yeah, they were doing so, so well they, with it, what it they has, do best. Has, you see, that's the thing. They they were doing. Yeah. They were. It's such an innovative company, led by Adrian Gore, and uh, then they thought, oh well, if we can do it in the insurance business and revolutionising the insurance business. I mean, every time you turn on the television, I don't. I know you don't watch. Um, you don't watch football, but Discovery is all over the billboards at football matches. I mean, uh, yes. Vitality is all over it. So I mean, it's a, it's a it's a proper innovator. But this time, uh, yeah. they, they went too far. And when you talk about these numbers, Wayne, which I don't understand. So in other words, I, I didn't understand why normalized profits were down too, mm. but but the, all the headline numbers were up 70. Um, so I'm just going to actually call up their PowerPoint here. I've, I've got it here. Somewhere. And while you're calling it up, I'll give you a phrase here. It, it, it says here, there are lies, damned lies, and statistics. And that's a phrase it says on uh, Wikipedia describing the persuasive power of statistics to bolster weak arguments. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got another one. I know that one very well. I've got another one is you can massage the numbers to show anything you want to. And I've got another one for you. You can torture the numbers until they confess. Okay. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah. So, so your embedded value, now now we're talking embedded value. Which, which you've which lost me immediately. Which yeah. rand a share. Mm-hmm. Yeah, embedded value, it's a very fancy word for a, a, a reasonably accurate, if not a, a very accurate estimation, and once again, because you're predicting the future, of the profits you are going to make from all the clients and all the policies that you have on your books today. Okay. So in other words, if you were to close, if you were to close the business today 
and wind the whole book down and not write another new policy and just run the book through to its maturity, that is the value that would arrive in cash in your bank. So that's what it is. And so this year... And this is peculiar to the insurer's market, isn't it? Embedded value. Yes and no. It's not. It's 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 only reported on in the insurance thing, but anyone who's got a contract that runs past one financial year can work out the potential profits on it, and that, in a very roundabout way, is what the building industry does. They got five-year, eight-year construction projects. Every year they tally up the numbers, they work it out. And they either take a big hit in the income statement or they realize partial profits in the income statement. And that's why you've got quantity surveyors and a whole industry that works behind it. So they do it in another way. But yes, anyone who's got a contract that's more than a security company, uh, anyone who's got a contract that runs for more than 12 months, if there's an inherent profit in there or loss, you can actually work out that value. But because life companies or policies run 10, 20, 30 years, it's it's used there. But the embedded value has actually fallen slightly. You know, new initiatives have taken off some money. So they – and the value of new business didn't add any value. So in, in other words, you would expect a company – that's doing well for want of a better definition for the embedded value to go up. And yet it actually went down. Um, well, again, but yeah, as again, I said, as I said, I'm, I'm looking at these slides and I can't see why your normalized profit is a loss and it's only 2% better, but your normalized headline earnings per share is up 71%. Yeah, I, I, I speak I, to an independent... And, 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 um, and, 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 I've, and I've worked for a life company effectively my whole life. Mm. And you still don't understand it. And I still didn't quite get that particular one. And that gives us all great hope. I, I speak to an independent uh, fund manager. So it's a very small company, but he makes a living out of it. And he's really, he's, he's, he's excellent. He's very diligent when he analyzes companies. And he said... I'll say to him, for example, I would say, uh, what do you think uh, today, so-and-so, about uh, Discovery, said Lindsay? I do not look at insurers uh, because their results are incomprehensible. They have embedded value, they have this and this, and they don't behave like the rest of the market behaves. And so if I'm an insurer, if I'm looking at an insurer, it doesn't matter what company it is, he said, I'd rather just use the market as a proxy, so I'll just buy the market or sell the market, whatever it is. But anyway, no, that's an no, aside. Cool. There's nothing there's nothing fundamentally wrong with that overall assumption mm. because essentially it is a return on assets that actually drive company um, in, unless you <clears throat> unless you make a bugger up and do something wrong your earnings are primarily um, driven by what the market does primarily Yes. Because a lot of the income actually comes from a fee that's based on the asset value. And, of course, they've got all of the assets that they hold against the risk policies that they've written, like life insurance, that also go up. So, yes, it's, not, it's inherently not an not a incorrect assumption. 
to say that they are fundamentally driven by the market. But, uh, I mean, I've worked in a life company all my life, so maybe I've got a better advantage in understanding how the, what all these terms are and how a life company works, and et cetera, et cetera. But unfortunately, I couldn't quite understand discovery. But just coming back to their bank, you know, they have got a one slide here, is that the investments in new initiatives have been higher than what they have, what they guided the market to. In other words, they've spent more than what uh, they initially said they're going to spend. And is there I a bank? I mean, bank, does, I don't even know, uh, Wayne, because this sort of thing yeah. confuses me. Can you go to uh, phone up your discovery broker and say, I'd like to open a bank account with uh, with your bank. What are you offering? I mean, it's, it's obviously up and running, isn't it? Yes. And? Hell yeah. I mean, they've got 500,000 clients. They've got 4.5 billion advances or loans. Yes. They've got retail deposits of 11 billion. And they've got 1 million accounts. Okay, but now if you Sounds think about Sounds quite small, actually, before, to me. I mean, I'm not being disparaging about the bank. Advances, yeah. Mm. Advances of 4.5 billion. I mean, the big banks have got 400 billion advances. Exactly. You know, it's big. And their operating results have been consistent losses. So they've lost one billion, one, two, three, four and a half billion on the bank so far. Roughly speaking, I'm just adding up here just very roughly. So any between four between four and five billion that they've that that are losses that the bank has shown. Hmm. And remember they've had a credit card for a very long time. They just used to what's called white label it. In other words, First National Bank ran everything. You just got discovery printed on your credit card. <laughs> nice and business. They, and then they shared, they shared in, they got a percentage of, I don't know what, profits or transactions or value or something. And then they decided to do their bank. But, you know, discovery has got one incredible asset, which is the envy of many, 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 if not every other life assurer. Yes. They have, for many reasons, an incredibly good client base. Their clients truly like them. And a marketing machine that is see, second to none, I have to say. If you want to see if you want to see great stress and anguish at home, is you go home and tell your wife my company is forcing me off discovery and going to join ABC Health Company. Hmm. There's great tension. But it's it's so expensive, great. Wayne. It's, it's so expensive. Do you not find? I mean, I don't want to be nasty. I mean, if, if they can command these, these premiums, but it is, it's, it's, to I me, I, mean, I, I have to say I, I left them. I, 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 I just don't know. I When I physically retired... Three years ago now, in fact, almost exactly three years ago, I retired. Um, First National Bank, you retire at 60, full stop. There's no exceptions. There's no, you retire when you hit 60. They have obviously hired me on as a contractor. That's why I'm still from First National Bank. But as a point of principle, I went for two years without a medical aid because I have never been to hospital I used to claim for glasses and the odd dentist visit. I never used my medical aid. And for two years, I decided I'm not going to buy. 
I'm not going to take out medical aid. But then luckily enough, the world's biggest rugby fans, company medical aid takes dependence. And you mean I, your I'm partner, right? On her. You mean your partner? Yeah. Mm. The world, yeah, yeah, yeah. The world's biggest rugby fan. Luckily enough, uh, her company has, you can put a dependent down on as a medical aid. And so now I'm a dependent. So whenever I go to, well, I had to go and get a few things taken out of my eyeball because I was welding and I got some grit in my eye. And I had to fill out all the forms. I had to fill out all the forms and I had to say uh, that I'm a dependent. It was interesting. Well, it's nice. I mean, you know, you're in partnership, so why shouldn't you be a dependent? I never I look upon yeah, you I mean, as, and, and, as and a you dependent. Pay you pay for it. So it's, not, yeah. it's not for free, but you pay for it. So, yeah. It's very interesting. We spoke about lies, damn lies, and, um, and statistics. But when I hear about you, you're supposed to have retired a few years ago. But therefore, there are lies, damn lies, and retirement Retirement ages, because you're still yeah. working. I mean, we're here, we are uh, chatting, yeah. as, uh, and you're a representative I'll, of first I'll keep on working. Hopefully, I'll keep on working for a while if they still want. Mm. If they still want all the all the old bullets, I hope so too. What am I going to do on a Wednesday afternoon? Otherwise, Wayne, um, we'll, we won't talk about the trading update for the first twenty-three weeks of twenty twenty-three. Uh, financial year, that is, of course, from TFG. But the share price is re- reacting nicely on a bad day. A share price yeah, up about a, three a and good, a half, four percent. It's a good result. We'll talk That's about good. that next time. Yeah, but it's a really, really good result. Result. And just briefly, group retail turnover uh, was twenty one point six percent, despite continued yeah, pressure on consumers. Yeah, a very, very good and well run company. Let's yeah, talk about food. Two years was, was the same. Yeah. You're quite right. People going to shops again and buying clothes. Of course, you didn't um, yeah. form part of any of these statistics because you're just no. a macro Definitely or pick and pay person. I'll just yeah. buy it macro. Yeah. Exactly, which is quite right. I admire you uh, for your stoicism yeah. and uh, the fact that you don't care what you look like, yeah. which is great. That was Wayne McCurry, who's a portfolio manager at F&B Wealth and Investment in Johannesburg. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.